Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we're joined by Katie Street, founder of Street Agency, who comes on to explain that marketing is oftentimes the solution to a business's sales problem. So Katie starts off by explaining why and how marketing, specifically content and brand marketing, can meaningfully contribute to an organization's sales efforts. We also talk through and unpack the successful event-led strategy Katie and her team leverage through both in-person and virtual webinar-based events to accelerate her own sales efforts and how other agencies and partners can replicate the same playbook. She goes on to share her recommendations for measuring the impact of marketing campaigns in terms of its impact on sales, the elements and considerations to maximize the impact and ensure successful marketing campaigns, the opportunities for repurposable content and micro-content creation, and how organizations should be thinking about ensuring sales and marketing teams are aligned. Let's dive in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. I'm good, thank you, darling. And thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and hopefully share some parts of my agency journey that is going to help lots of other agencies with their growth plans. Yeah, you know, uh, yes, I'm also excited to dive in. Uh, excited to look ahead too. We have a podcast guest swap here. You know, we'll, we'll start this conversation on this podcast. Maybe we'll carry the conversation on to your podcast. Uh, so excited for the the featured spots on both sides of this thing. You know what I mean? I know. I loved it. Do you know what? I mean, I can't believe I'm doing a pod share with HubSpot. That's pretty cool, first off. Um, and yeah, do you know what? It's all about sharing content. And in fact, that's going to be a big part of our discussion today. This is actually in itself a great example of good marketing and how to reach a wider audience. So you've teed me up there, Kevin, already. And I'm excited to have you on my podcast next week too. Yeah. Talk about uh, a perfect segue into the topic at hand. Also, you know, don't hold me accountable. I feel like you're the, what you're about to share is going to be immensely valuable for anybody tuning into this episode. I don't know if I can say the same, if you're going to have me on as a guest next week, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let that play out. Um, key marketing. Uh, I think the theme here, the topic at hand that we'll, that we'll pull out, marketing, in your perspective, is, is the solution uh, to an agency or services provider sales problem. Uh, tell me more about that. Yes. So it's basically what I've built my whole business around. So let's let's hope it is the right solution to the sales problem. So there is certainly in the UK, and I think it's actually international, there's so many stats around how most businesses take and I know in America, you've got a much better sales culture than me. So everyone listening, please don't hate on me. Um, but if you're only ever trying to sell to your audience, you're cutting out potentially, usually in the B2B world, which is what most of us agencies are, we're B2B you know, service providers, you're cutting out 95% of your audience because 95% of the people that you want to sell to at the time you want to sell to them 
do not want to buy your services. So mm-hmm. if you're only ever trying to sell to them, picking up the phone, doing lead gen, picking up the phone or sending prospecting emails, hoping that you're going to land on someone's desk on a day when you sent a nice enough email to get their attention or you know made a nice enough phone call or even got through to them on the right day when they really want your services and they really like you and they really want to buy from you. It's so hard to do. So my whole business is built upon flipping that right on its head and building engagement with your audience so that you know, should you need to do that sales outreach, you've already got a warm, engaged audience of prospects that know who you are, that trust you, that listen to your content like a podcast, that have engaged with you, that trust you, that come to you for advice when they need it, that know that you understand the challenges that they face as a business. If you can do that, it's so much easier to sell to them because not only do you have an engaged audience, and I know this is what HubSpot's built on as well. So let's hope we're let's hope we're all doing the right thing here. But not only do you have an engaged audience of people that are much more likely to pick up the phone to you. So you're not going to have to make those awkward sales outbounding calls. But when you're in a competitive pitch or you're, you know, whatever, you're in a competitive environment pitching up against other agencies, if you've already got a relationship with your prospects and the people that are making a decision on buying you or not because they've been engaging with your content, you're already three, four, five steps ahead of your competitors and they're much more likely to pick you. So whichever way around you look at it, it's always better to lead your sales solving approach with a marketing led solution because if you don't, you're always on the back foot. It's harder to get the the opportunities in the first place and it is much, much harder to convert them. So there you go. Yes, love <laughs> that's that. it. Yes. All right. Uh, and then we'll, I guess we'll wrap it there. No, that's a great summary. Uh, your, your, your note here to, towards the end, right? Uh, you should be leading with a market first, yes. a marketing first approach, right? Actually, and before I... Um, uh, double click into some of that. Uh, you teed up to maybe some differences in sales culture, maybe North America uh, based yeah. on uh, what, what's your what's your read on that? Yeah, well, you tell me if I'm wrong. So we do some work in the states. Lucky me. Um, and I think the American market, to my in my experience, is you're just much happier talking about sales. You're happier to be sold to that you're much more direct as people. I mean, someone said this to me earlier, actually. Uh, We were talking to one of our clients who we're doing some work for in the States and in the UK. And they were like, yeah, it will take you in, in the US. It's like, they'll give you an answer straight away. It will take three days in the UK. So (laughs) it's just, I think in the US, you're, 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 the cult sales isn't a dirty word in the UK. It's like, oh gosh, sales. Oh no, we don't sell to people. We're far, far too polite to sell to people. Um, so there is a bit of, I think there's definitely a bit of that, which is why actually this approach in the UK works even better sometimes. But it, you, know, it should work the same in in both in both markets. Yeah, no, it's an interesting read. I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe we're we're direct, more direct in our communication. So you're not going to end up with somebody on the receiving end of a sales conversation if they didn't want to be there necessarily, right? So yeah. I, yeah, I get that sense. Totally. Um, now, Katie, you'd mentioned uh, uh, the two things here is what it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, okay, from a marketing perspective, how does it actually contribute to, you know, your organization's sales efforts? First, uh, it helps improve timing, right? It keeps prospects warm because the timing piece is just so incredibly difficult to nail down. And then second, it sounds like it also widens your net, right? So not only is it nailing the timing, nailing the, the people that you can prospect, you can reach out to, 
timing, widening your net. Are those accurate? And is there any other aspect of this that I'm missing? Like, how does this contribute, you know, to a sales organization? Yeah, I guess, I mean, in every way that you've mentioned and more. So really, you know, one, it means, like you say, you've got an engaged wider net of people that know who you are so they know who you are they start to build trust and engagement with you so for instance when I started straight you know we we, as most agencies probably did have grown up on referrals so and, and not for long because this is what I do right so if I didn't start doing this from day one and practice what I preach then I wouldn't be doing my job properly so when we started we'd mainly you know I'd won my first two or three clients off the back of referrals people that knew me people that had seen that I'd gone out on my own recommendations then from clients that then you know blah 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 probably first six months or so straight away I was like Uh, especially as I launched the business amidst COVID. I mean, well, not amidst COVID, six months prior to COVID hitting, then hello, I was like, oh my God, I really need to dial my marketing up because there is no way that my lovely new business that I've just launched is going to suffer and die in COVID. So we started doing webinars and really, actually, that was to help people that just were like, what on earth do we do? How do we get attention in the current space? How are we going to deliver our marketing? How are age? And it was really all for agencies. So we were kind of, you know, back then an agency purely for agencies. So how are we as agencies going to continue to attract clients and continue to get in front of them? So we started doing webinars going, you know, we're going to teach you guys as agencies how to continue to attract and win new clients. And then we just started doing it month after month, did the first webinar, got a few new business inquiries, then started doing the podcast, still doing the webinars every month. Still, you know, now we do live events, podcasts, webinars, everything. And our audience has grown and we use HubSpot to deliver all of this. Our audience, our engaged audience, I think that continually engage just via our, you know, that we can see via email is around 4,000 really highly actively engaged a really highly actively engaged audience, which in the agency world is not bad, seeing as there's about 25,000 agencies in the UK. And then outside of that, our reach on LinkedIn, because we shatter our content and we develop content, you know, everything we do. So that, you know, the podcast, mm-hmm. I will cut up three or four different types of video um, pieces of content that then go onto my LinkedIn and then go and get shared on YouTube as little YouTube shorts that we do a write-up for the website. We do, you know, that one thing that I do creates so much. So our reach and our engagement beyond that, I think something like 200,000 views, our content gets something like 200,000 views every single month so it's our reach is huge now there is no way that I would be able to influence and engage with that many prospects if I was just taking a sales-led approach to delivering sales I can do it because of the way that we're approaching it and the more we do it the more you get muscle memory in creating content that is talking to the needs of your audience you know at the end of the day anyone who is an agency who's looking to use HubSpot or any kind of platform to power this kind of stuff up, your reach, you just can't, you just couldn't, You if you had 20 people picking up the phone all day, you couldn't reach this many people and you wouldn't be able to reach them in such a trustworthy, engaging way. So it absolutely has been one, the thing that saved my business, but also it enabled us to have Forex growth in our 
um, second year of business, which meant that we were rated as one of the top independent agencies in the UK. Um, we've got amazing client reviews. You know, we've grown, we've learned. We're now a HubSpot certified partner, so we can deliver HubSpot for other clients. You know, we've practiced what we preached and it's enabled us to grow in an astronomical way that if we had just done, you know, cold calling, we just never mm-hmm. would have, we would never have got. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm jotting down some notes here. Uh, like, okay, what does, what has the marketing mix uh, for, for your business looked like? Uh, what can others, you know, uh, replicate for themselves? Obviously, Forex growth, I think you'd mentioned like phenomenal growth, tr- tremendous growth. And sounds like I'm, I'm hearing two strategies uh, uh, categorically here. First, sounds like you take like an, it's an event led, right? Webinars, uh, maybe some in-person events, uh, your podcast, obviously, but there's, there's some like, there's a recurring sense of events uh, but then you're also taking that material. Uh, and then the second category is like repurposing, right? For social, finding clips, micro content, right? Uh, is that a fair assessment of those two? Are those the two halves of the strategy that you found to be most successful? Totally. Yeah. So, but in order to make that happen, you're a hugely important, I mean, I feel like I'm, I feel like you, it sounds like you've briefed me to like sell in HubSpot, which I promise you guys haven't. And no, no offense. We do use other platforms sometimes other than HubSpot that do the same kind of thing. But yes, essentially I'll start from the beginning. We, we develop content that's easy for us to create the things that we see the most impact. And remember, we don't just do this for street. We also do this for all of our clients. And we mm-hmm. tend to work with a lot of MarTech nowadays. We do work with, you know, some of you guys will know them, big commerce, contentful, you know, big MarTech businesses, as well as large scale and still, you know, larger still on the whole, but independent mm-hmm. agencies as well. And what it enables us to do, but because we you know do this all the time is see what's working. So by far, events i would say if you're looking to scale things up quickly events are a great way to do that and there's there's lots of reasons behind that one if you do it properly and you record content it's going to enable you to shatter that content down so even if you're doing a kind of closed round table very senior leaders dinner event you could still ask some of them could you do a piece to con- camera about what we discussed around X? Hopefully some of them might say yes. If you're doing a larger scale event and you've got a panel discussion, you know, make sure that you record it. Make sure you get that, you capture that content, you write it up. And if you don't record it, at least, you know, use something like, I don't know if you guys use Otter, but the it sort of records conversations and transcribes them for you. We always use that. Transcribe it, develop a write-up. Make sure if you're doing an event, you're thinking about the other ways outside of the people in the room, how you're going to get more out of that content. So that's a great way. The other great things, I'm just going to break each one down. The other great thing about events is you get in front of your audience. And this is so important because you can't do an event unless you've got a subject and something that people are going to want to come to. And you've got a venue that's good and you've got good speakers. Those are kind of, you know, you've got to have good speakers, good venue, good subject. But doing events themselves, you can actually, well, you're going to be sat there with your prospects asking them questions around the challenges that they've got in their business, hearing their problems, which is then going to help you develop better content and better stories for your next event. So it also events, I just think are brilliant because it gets you in front of your audience. It gets you having face-to-face conversations. It enables you to create a huge amount of content for you know the rest of the audience that can't attend those events. But it also probably most importantly gives you really deep insights into the challenges your audience face 
so that you can create even better content. And the same goes, you know, same story for webinars, same story for podcasts. I get, I get When I have people on the podcast, it's a great marketing tool for me because, well, it's a great sales tool because I can go, oh, I really want to work with these people. I'm going to ask them on my podcast rather or ask them to speak at an event rather than go, hey, I want to sell to you. I can go, hey, I want you to come and talk to me about you know, I've seen that you're doing this within the business. I'd love you to come and talk to me on this podcast, or I'd love you to come and talk about, you know, what you're doing at, I don't know, Ted Baker. Um, we do, we've done a few events with Ted Baker recently, so that's why I'm thinking about them. But, you know, come and speak about what you've been doing at this event. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, we'd like to do that. That's, you know, I'm very flattered by that, rather than trying to sell something to them. And then usually what happens is in that conversation, they go, oh, actually, I really need some help with this. Katie, do you know any agencies that can help you with that? And I'm like, Oh yeah, one of my clients can help you with that. <laughs> Off I go, pass yep. over. So it's you know, it's a it's a really great way to you know build relationships, get a better understand. You know, it's all about relationships at the end of the day, but also mm-hmm. it gives us a much better understanding of what our prospects want. And then the other thing that you you know, you reference there is the kind of content strategy. So you know what that then also enables us to do is shatter that content down and get loads of reach across Instagram, LinkedIn tend to be our kind of priority channels. Um, and you know, and usually just as a tip for LinkedIn guys, do it from the person, not from the business page. People want to engage with people, so you're going to get much better results if you engage as a person. And here we go, another HubSpot spoiler. You can actually set your HubSpot off to post as a person. Right. Set your HubSpot off. Set your HubSpot up to post as a person from a person. So you don't just have to post from your company pages in HubSpot. You can actually link it to individuals within your business as well. So it you know, it for us that it, it just powers everything. And we do, like I say, we do we don't just you know, we do practice what we preach, but we don't just do this for us. We do this for lots of agencies. So we really see the trends and, you know, what's working. I love the the emphasis on building the relationships, right? And you also had a, a note there too, events, whether in person, virtual, what have you, uh, those conversations can and should inform uh, future content. Oh, here they're at. It's almost like, you know, uh, pre-sales discovery, but in a more organic conversation. Oh, now we know the challenges, the problem areas. That's content in the future. Yeah, exactly. And and you start to see trends. You know, if you've got a panel discussion or you're running these kind of events week in, week out or month in, month out, week in, week out might be a bit tough. Um, although I have done that a few times. Um, the, the podcast I do every week. But yeah, when you're having these conversations all the time, you'll start to spot trends as well. So you'll go, actually, this market sector that we're prospecting to, they're I've heard this like come up four or five times. I know that it's a real pain point for them. So we should create some more content around that. Yeah. And so obviously it sounds like events uh, and repurposing that content for social, you know, video distribution, those are working really well, especially again, through the lens of attracting potential new clients for your business. Anything you're shying away from, moving away from either uh, an intentional omission or an aspect of your marketing strategy that used to work that isn't as effective as, as it once was, you know what I mean? Do you know what? I think you have to try everything because every bu- at the end of the day, every business is different, right? I am a show off and a chatterbox and I love talking. So for me, attending events, going to talk to people, hosting a podcast works brilliantly. Not every business has a me. So some businesses you know, and some of these kind of businesses we work with, developing written content is better. Some businesses, you know, doing a podcast is better. Some businesses, you know, 
I don't know, doing live events might not be right for them and they might only be able to do webinars because their staff or their audience are too distributed. So I think the key really is working out something that's going to work for you that's going to be easy for you to replicate because a lot of that a lot of this is about muscle memory so great you've got to have the tactics but do it once that ain't enough you have got to do it month in month out you've got to show up consistently and I don't know if you guys I mean he is going global but listen to the Diary of a CEO podcast with Stephen Barlow so Stephen's head of content actually came to I did a live podcast event Grace Andrews his who basically is Stephen um, (laughs) online but she manages all of his content came to one of my events recently and she said the biggest thing for them it is like you know those marginal gains and of always thinking how they can be extra but consistency is absolutely key so whatever you're gonna do do something that you can do regularly if that's write a beautiful article write an article and release it regularly, send it out, you know, send out a monthly newsletter, send out a weekly roundup, do a video and post it on LinkedIn for your top tips that you see. Whatever, There's so many different things that you can do. So many, you've just got to work out the ones that are going to be easiest for you to do that are going to land you know, in your audience's face in a place where they live and they show up. And email, I do think is a great one because it's a business critical platform. So mm-hmm. I always, always, we always send campaigns out via email because people have to use email usually day to day. There's not many of us that don't use email. LinkedIn and other channels are kind of, not everyone goes to them. You know, not everyone logs into them every day. I mean, I do because I do (laughs) but not everyone does so think about where your audience live and breathe show up in the places that they show up develop content that is going to be easy for you to develop I don't think there's any that I don't think work I think they all work if you just do it consistently things that we see sorry I'm I'm riffing I told you I was going to do this Kevin this is a a safe place to riff so yeah (laughs) riffing I talk I talk way too much um but you know one of the things that we're that we have seen work you know really hard is on socials definitely slide shares work really well because for instance LinkedIn and Instagram they they want to see interactions so every time you slide through a slide share counts as an interaction so the more interactions you get the higher your content is rated by those platforms so things you know that's a really obvious one like if you're again if you're doing a podcast or you're doing a an event and you get like five key takeaways put it into it or 10 key takeaways whatever it is develop a slide share put it onto Mm -hmm. linkedin and put it onto your socials that's another different piece of content get a video clip do that as well but those those are things that we see you know the the it's really worth kind of keeping an eye on you know updates and the platforms what they're doing what they're up to what are they going to weigh more heavily right what do they want to see exactly there's little hacks like that like you know video content is always does really well but actually sometimes our slide shares will outperform the Mm -hmm. video content because linkedin rates them more highly so yeah keep an eye on the trends and there are some good people to follow um including grace andrews she's called Mm -hmm. on instagram the social climber i think has she been she's been on the podcast because i think i introduced her to someone from hubspot at yeah, my she event. Hasn't, she hasn't. Maybe, if, you know, I, I would imagine, maybe on. she tunes in and uh, that's a good CTA. That's a good nudge. Well, yes. Yeah, love to have her on. Um, she's, she's been, and she's really good to follow because she talks about the changes to the algorithms. Um, so, yeah, if yeah. It, when she comes on, obviously listen to that podcast, <laughs> but go give her a follow anyway. Grace Andrews, the social climber, because she talks about all the updates and the things that you need to know. 
And regardless, I'm sure she'll appreciate the the call out here too. Yeah, as a follow, exactly. Like, be followed. Um, Sharing the love. Katie, what I'm hearing, so it's like, okay, at the end of the day, the marketing mix, the channels, the strategies, it's like strengths-based, right? It's like, what are you going to be good at? What are you going to be interested in doing? Because that leads into consistency being uh, key here, right? It's like whatever, whatever it is, you have to be consistent. You have to have that commitment to have that on a consistent basis, the, those outputs. And then it sounds like the other layer is just obviously, um, but you know, you don't want to not say, it, but know your audience and what sort of outputs and materials and strategies are going to speak best to them. Right? That's yeah, it. totally. You're like, what are they going to respond well to? You know, what kind of tactics are going to engage them in the you know way they want to be engaged with? What's helpful? What's because again, you know, everyone responds differently to different things. Some people. Well, and that's why it's also good to have different types of content in your plan. Some people want to listen to podcasts. Some people want to watch podcasts on YouTube. Some people want to read content. Some people want to attend events. Everyone is different. So if you've got a variation of content in your plan, that's just going to help you reach more people because everyone digests things differently. I've got so many people in my network that... I mean, they must just get annoyed of seeing me, but they're like, I've never actually listened to your podcast, but I feel like I know everything you talk about because you always post clips on LinkedIn. So I've never actually had to listen to it. So I'm like, yeah, great. I'm happy. That's, that's fine. I mean, I would, yeah. I would yeah. love it if you listen to it. At, right. Yeah. Based on how you want to, you know, read, watch, listen. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, I think understand where your audience are, but also understand that, you know, audiences are diverse and it's the same when you think about your targeting, you know, you most of the time we're always thinking about, you know, we want to target the decision makers. We want to target C-suite. We want to target, you know, the VPs. We want to target the people that that are going to make the, you know, make the decisions and spend the money. But actually you need to influence a wider audience. So also you need to think about, okay, who other, who else in the business's ecosystem might I need to be influencing? And actually yet again, every business is different. We've got some of our clients where marketing managers buy them some, it's always the, you know, CMO. So it's just think, you know, try different things, explore different tactics, explore, you know, different places but don't give up too early because that's the other thing that I see people do all the time they're just like oh we did it for three months and it didn't work I'm like yeah you need to do it for six months nine months a year like you've got to keep on it took us yeah I mean we did get a really good early engagement like our first webinars we were probably getting 100 signups by the time in fact we don't do the webinar series so regularly now because the world's a bit more turned on but now I have people going why are you not doing the webinar anymore um but you know we had 1200 people signing up you know for every single webinar that we did so what were the topics of those what what would they dive into it was so the series was called the new world of new biz and it was all about you know how amidst the pandemic we needed to approach new business differently and the world had been turned on its ass so um it was but loads of different topics you know about this kind of stuff we're talking about today sometimes we're delving into email marketing tips sometimes seo sometimes it was all sorts in fact and then you know we would often release those webinars or as podcast episodes so i got extra you know in front of an extra audience so you know it was it was a really great way for us to to grow and it really helped us grow really quickly but Again, consistency was key. If I'd only ever done one webinar and got, yeah, I would have connected with 100 people. But over the series, you know, it probably connected us with 
in the thousands that had turned up and come and listened to the webinar or tuned in or watched it afterwards or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's don't give up too early is my other little tip, like give things time to breathe and, and keep doing it because sometimes it looks like it's not doing that well, but you just haven't given it time yet. So don't be, don't give up too early. Yeah, not just a commitment, a long-term commitment to your point there. I think you also had the other point too about just the optionality, right? And like the value of repurposing content because it's not just a single, oh, here's the singular output, but now you're giving potential audience or those in your potential audience optionality is to consume this content however they prefer, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Get more reach. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it's, it. this is, like I say, it's muscle memory. It's about doing it and it isn't easy to do, right? Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have a job because we help agencies do this and agencies help brands do this and this is the world that we live in but pick something that you can get started with own one channel if that's sending out an email with some helpful tips once a week start with that build on it get engagement then start to look at how you can spread it keep it easy keep it manageable get started with something and then grow from that point onwards and you know today you know we focus a lot more on our social channels than we ever used to you know we used to really rely heavily on email now we probably rely more on our social channels than we do on email so you know it it can change over time but you know keep on keep on keeping on yeah exactly Uh, i'm going to ask in a moment uh about how to plug in these marketing efforts into the sales team into the sales uh team's planned outreach or whoever owns it maybe it's you right but how to just ensure maximum effectiveness between uh the marketing over into the sales team's hands. Uh, but before I do that, quick question about marketing, resourcing. Uh, what does the team look like? Who owns this uh, event coordination in marketing, the repurposing of content? What does the ownership look like for, for you and your team? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's mega, isn't it? When you think about everything that needs doing, and we are actually quite a small team. Um, so we, I, from day one, I guess I say, because, you know, this is what I do, I have to I I always like to kind of, you know, test things out on street first. We're a great guinea pig for our clients. So we have quite a small team. Our marketing team is, well, I guess, you know, I'm the kind of founder of the business, but we have two people specifically in the marketing team that help me with everything. But probably also, you know, we're quite a small business. We're only 10 people. Um, So, you know, we're definitely not the hugest out there. Um, We have been bigger. but, and we probably will be bigger again, but we're kind of leveling out at about 10 of us, plus your know, freelance resource, et cetera, that we dial up with. Yeah. Um, so we have a small marketing, well, I say small marketing team. For the size of business that we are, probably a large marketing team. So two people that help do all the stuff that I just spoke about. Plus we do use another business that help us with the production of that content and publishing that content and creative design. So we use freelance, we've, you know, although we're 10 staff, we're probably more like a team of 20 because we use a lot of freelancers and contractors because it's kind of a safer way for us to scale up and grow. (laughs) So, so yeah, so it's not, it's not a small team. We have designers, motion graphics. We have people that do the editing of audio, um, people that, you know, that brief the guests for me that come onto those calls. So it's, you know, it feels for me like it's really easy, but there's all these amazing people working in the background to bring it to life. So it's not a small job. And that's basically what we do for our clients. So we use, you know, we've got 
designers etc in-house but we also use a lot of outside resource you know the best in the business the people that we know that we trust to do all of this kind of stuff so when we're doing large-scale events we've got an event production company that we work really really closely with um we've got someone who specifically works in events for our clients uh, but also helps with our events as well so it's you know it's a big old job and then the way that we have structured the business is we have a kind of strategy and content team we have people that deliver campaigns for our clients so uh client and campaign success managers that are really focused on new business and helping book meetings and then i have the team that help me do our events and the podcast and stuff like that that really powers up our marketing and then yeah a layer of amazing freelancers and contractors and businesses that we use to to help us you know achieve all of that as well no i think having a network of contractors freelancers right motion graphics audio production some of those things makes a ton of sense uh i feel like a number of listeners probably uh leverage a a similar model um but then it also sounds like again the folks that are managing the events for your clients uh executing on their campaigns sounds like maybe they're treating your agency as another client in that regard right which also makes a ton of sense Exactly. So we become like one of those for our clients, basically. And do you know what it is, you know, talking about agency growth and and scaling, we did grow really quickly. And we've kind of sustained that growth and continued our growth. We have been we, you know, we're still, we've stayed, we're just under a million pound turnover. So what's that? A couple, just under a couple of million dollars. Um, no, not a couple of million, probably about one. I don't know what the exchange rate is now. I don't know. And, yeah. Top of, yeah, yeah put me on, I don't, you day, can't quiz me on exchange rates, right? I, I, yeah. I'm not. Back in the day, you used to get like $2 to the pound. I'm still there. We're definitely not there anymore. Anyway. So, you know, that's kind of where we're, where we're at, which so about 10 staff is right. And we have done that before with more staff, but it just felt like, especially entering a you know, global recession, not a safe place for us to be. So we've decided to kind of stay steady and scale up with resource outside of the agency. Now, that being said, we are recruiting at the moment, so we probably will have a little bit of growth again in terms of staff growth. But it feels like a safer way at the moment because you just don't know what's I mean I think because the approach that we've taken I think we're pretty safe and we're literally busier than ever as I was saying to you Kevin before we pressed the record button I've got proposals coming out of my ears at the moment which is great so you know we have solved the problem for ourselves so there's me going oh be careful but actually I probably (laughs) need to not be careful a good way in my head to structure it sorry this is a bit more like business business organizational stuff but I think important is in every department us having someone who's an expert who knows how to brief the the contractors and freelancers so that you're able to pull in the experts when you need them um so yeah that's that's kind of how we're moving forward and growing um now you you uh you alluded to this obviously good problem to have uh, i think the quote actually was proposals coming out the ears which is a great yes. problem so in, at least in in the example of your agency marketing is successfully solving the sales problem. So any recommendations on how to pull this through? What sort of insights, what level of attribution, like what should agencies be handing off uh, and equipping their sales teams with or whoever's responsible for sales uh, for maximum impact, right? Maximum sales productivity, you know what I mean? Yeah. So of course, you know, the content and the insights, this is, I think where lots of businesses go wrong is there's this disconnect between marketing and sales. And I hear this, especially 
um, I mean, my brother works at a tech company. It's especially seems to be present in tech companies, which is maybe why we're starting to work with more and more tech companies because they're like, oh, just marketing just don't understand what we need from a sales perspective to create leads and get that demand gen. So marketing are often doing more, I mean, this sounds mean. So sorry, guys, if some of you guys are doing this, but we actually especially have seen this in the States is marketing off going, oh, we're entering these awards and we're, you know, um, we're, we've written about this and we've got this case study and and the sales guys are going, yeah, but that's not what I need to engage the audience. And when are you doing, you know, how are you helping develop these leads for me? Where is the, where are the, you know, engaged prospects? They're just yeah. not, they're just not doing it. So I think, in order to truly arm your salespeople with the tools you need, you do sadly need something, not sadly, you do need something like HubSpot because you need, everyone has to have clarity on what's going on. How are you, you know, how are you rating your leads? How are you turning marketing qualified, MQLs, marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads? At what point are you switching them over? And really you've got to have your sales and your marketing teams speaking together to, to each other all the time sales are usually at the forefront they're hearing the challenges and the problems that the you know prospects that you want to engage with your marketing are having so if you're not talking to your salespeople, and marketing are just off going oh yeah let's enter some awards and let's do all this really lovely fluffy stuff that doesn't really help the sales team then it's just never going to work and and you know big it's crazy because big SaaS businesses start up tech companies scale up tech companies they all seem to have take the same approach they've got a sales team who are aggressively out there cold calling a marketing team who I don't know what the hell they're doing at a lot of them sorry excuse my French and then they're just not like neither of them are progressing whereas if you just brought it together and used a platform that could show you who's engaging and shared that between the teams and then enabled the sales team to reach out at the right point because they can see that they've been engaging you're never cold calling you're always warm calling that's where the magic happens so it's it's really about having I would always say never do a separate sales and marketing plan. Do a sales and marketing plan that ties the two together. Connect your sales and marketing team, make it one team and really think about how you can you know, share that knowledge, share the insights and yeah, make the sales and marketing magic happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, okay, uh, have documented processes for lead qualification and handoffs. Have data in a system uh shared by both teams have a plan shared by both teams right have open lines of community 100 percent. yeah this yeah. all you know makes sense have you uh whether for yourself a client uh, another business have you ever seen a team apply feedback from the sales organization that rerouted or changed an aspect of the marketing strategy like what's an example of of, of opening up that line of communication and then having it inform future iterations of a marketing strategy you know what i mean yeah I mean, we do that all the time and that is what we deliver to our clients. It's like, look, here are the insights. This is this is what we're hearing when we're having these conversations. And this and vice versa. This is what we're seeing from a marketing perspective. Here's the content that's getting attention, guys. Go and sell to these kind of people. So you've yeah, you absolutely have to. And it should. Can't you you should be reviewing this all the time. I mean, at Street, we tend to have a process with us and our clients where we review things every 90 days. But the reality is we're reviewing everything every day. We're looking at the performance. We're looking at the data. We're looking at, from a marketing perspective, what's working. We're reviewing the conversations that we're having with prospects and pulling that all together. And that is the magic of 
you know, I, and sorry, it really does sound like I'm like just loving HubSpot right here because I guess I kind of am. And it's so true is it's one of the only platforms that gives you that one source of truth where you can look at everything together, which is why you guys you know, are a market leader, right? You've got everything in one place, sales, marketing, operations. I think you guys have launched now. Like there's not many places or many yeah. platforms that allow you to look at everything with you know, one single view that will give you all of the information that you need, reporting that you need, that single customer view, the interactions, the engagement, the data, the sales timeline, like it just gives you everything. And there's so much that you can take from that. So many benefits that you can take from that. Lots of people don't know what, and this is what I was talking about this morning with a guest on my podcast, yeah. um, who is an expert in kind of revenue operations and HubSpot um, is, you know, then businesses don't know what to track. Where do I start? What kind of simple data points should I start tracking? And, you know, it is just, again, start simply. If you're doing this in a spreadsheet, guys, move away from that as soon as you can. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of your listeners are, you know, using HubSpot, right? You'd hope so. <laughs> if not. Yeah, I would hope so at this point. Yeah, hopefully. If anyone's in, in spreadsheets still, yeah, yeah, something's amiss. Please, here, so, you know. no. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. Like, we do speak to people even that, like, had a client this week, they were like, we just doing that in a spreadsheet. I'm like, what? What? See, How? in my take, maybe you, it sounds like you agree, you know, there's an immense uh, amount of value in having a singular contact record and timeline of all interactions and touch points. Yeah, there's an there's immense amount of value in there, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and review it constantly. That's the thing. It's understanding what to report on, how to report it. And that, that's probably a whole other podcast. But, you know, if you can get it right, start simply and start building. That's where the magic happens. Now, as we run out of time, one final question for you. We wrap every episode with the same question. Uh, what's the strangest part of agency life? Oh, <laughs> The strangest or the most frustrating part of, I mean. Maybe there's a significant amount of overlap between those two things, who's yeah. to say? You know? I mean, let's be honest, we're all people, but clients. Because especially, sorry guys, but especially for me, like traditionally I've worked with agencies who know what it's like to be an agency. And most, a lot of clients, not most, that's a, not true, but a lot of clients have worked agency side. They've been on both. So I guess the strangest part sometimes is just people being unrealistic about what's achievable. Um, so I would say people are sometimes the most frustrating or the strangest thing that we come across. Um, but mo on the whole, I think, you know, we're, we're, a. although I think people think B2B, you think you're removed. We're, a, we're, any business, you're a person to person business. So That's understanding right. people is super, super important. So they are the strangest and the best thing about agency life. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I can see why you have that intersection of strange and frustration. You're like, yeah, when people have requests that are out of scope, out of budget and, you know, uh, uh, unattached from yeah. the core objectives that we've agreed upon previously. So yeah, understood. understood. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It happens. Yeah, we all do it. We, you've just got to check in. What am I trying to achieve here? Is this actually, you know, what I'm setting out to do? Or is there another reason that I want to do it maybe? But also I think a great place to, to wrap, uh, whether you're B2B uh, or not, B2C, whatever, it's always going to be human to human, right? Such a good point. You're always connecting to a, another human being on the other side. Love it. Exactly. That is what it's all about, guys. Keep it human. Be a nice person. And think about your interactions, whether you're a business or a, a business talking to business or B2C business, and always think about talking to a human like you're a human. 
Uh, and with that, uh, we're officially out of time. So Katie, thanks so much for coming on, uh, uh, sharing all of your uh, insights and expertise and running effective marketing strategies, specifically through the lens of uh, uh, executing marketing actually solves your uh, perceived sales problem. So it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And for everyone that has tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.